Okay. Jesus, you are <laughs> you're incredible, and we love you. And we come today. We are uh, we we step in this room, many of us from some hard situations this week. Some of us have had kids that have gone through incredibly hard things. Some of us have had spouses that have, have learned hard things about their body through a test. Some of us have, have been trying very hard with our mental health to, to be who you want us to be. We've been struggling with an addiction. And we walk in this room and we hear some people singing and you hear some guy stand up here and say that God <laughs> loves you and he cares for you and he wants, to, he wants to do something in your life. And I pray, God, that you'll just use these next few minutes to accomplish what only you want to accomplish. Let me get out of the way. Let my words uh, just not be mine, but be yours. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can find all our scriptures. We always have a lot of scriptures here lately. Uh, I don't know why I've been having so many, but I just do because I want to always back up everything that we do here with uh, God's word, not my word. And uh, so if you would like to, if you miss these scriptures, you can go to our Facebook page and there's, they're on there and you, the whole outline is there. So should be there for you. Doing a review of the last four weeks that we've been together here at the church uh, and we're talking about God, experiencing God and a God who uh, uh, wants to meet you, a God who wants to, uh, you to know him intimately. And it's so hard to do that with a God who you can't see, with a God that sometimes you can't sense or feel. And so when some guy stands up and says, we want you to experience God, it's a little easy to just check out. It's a little easy to just say, I, I, okay. But I really pray today that you'll understand when we say experiencing God, what does that mean? And so what we've been doing is looking at attributes of who God is. And so we talked about the very first week that he was omniscient, that, he, that, that God was, there's nothing that he doesn't know. There's nothing that he doesn't know about you. There's nothing that he doesn't wake up one day and go, oh, that surprised me. Nothing surprises God. Then we talked the week two about uh, I, I need him, and he's everywhere. He's present everywhere. He's omnipresent. He's, he's no matter, he's here, he's in Japan, he's in, he's in the worst place in the world right now. He's right there, and he's right here with you. He's right here in you. And then last week, we talked about his power, and I heard from a lot of you last week, and you go, I kind of did something in me. It, did, it, it shook me a little bit to my core because I've been living my life with no power, not having a lot of power. And if you're a Christian, the Bible says you're supposed to have that power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is supposed to be ours. Why are we all so powerless? And we learned that he's omnipotent, all-powerful. And today, we're going to learn what scholars call his immutability. What that means is he doesn't change. He doesn't change. And, and that has to be a comforting fact for so many of us here today because everything changes, doesn't it? And for most of us, change is scary, right? You ever, you ever just get a little concerned about change? You know, you're getting older and bones start creaking and, and, 
muscles start aching and you can't hardly, you can't do the same things you used to do and you're going, oh, and it's changed. You go to the store and at the stores, every week it changes. I, I do my weekly shopping trip to get the stuff that I don't encourage Brenda to get, the stuff I like. And so I go and I get it. And when I pick it up, I look at the price and I go, this changed from week, just a week. How did it go up a week? And it just continues on. I hear turkeys this year. They're, the last year, I think I paid 79 cents a pound. I think we bought like 40 for the hub or something. And, and, and this year, they're going to be three, four dollars a pound. And you can't even, I'm like, what? How is that? It just changed. And there's, you, there's this shortage. There's this, there's in, in everything. Nothing seems to change. Our relationships change. You know, you, I, I'm working on our 20, this is our 20th year of being a church here. And I've been, working on some slides, uh, some pictures, going over our pictures for our little thing that we're going to do in January when we have our birthday. And we're going to open up our little treasure chest back there in the wall. Yancey's going to cut into it. And 10 years ago, we put a whole bunch of uh, prayers and thoughts in there. And we're going to do that again for the next. But but I, w- I was looking at some of the pictures and how you guys have changed and how people have come and gone. Hundreds of different people have come and gone over the last 20 years in this little church here, and it's like, what an impact this church has had on, on people's lives. But things change. And some of those things we don't like so much. Some of it we like, some of it not so much. But today we're going to talk about a God who doesn't change. We're going to start on the screen with James 1.17, a verse uh, that is, is a verse where we start out today. It says this, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Everything else changes. Everything else changes. But our God does not change. And we want to we really hone in on that today. I want us to look at, at this, this characteristic of who God is. Because if you understand that, then the so what of it becomes... I begin to look at God, not as this God who is out to get me, not as this God who is just up in heaven, not as this God who's just doing, just wound the world up and set it to go, but it's a God who, who cares about every detail. And he is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. He's always the same. He always will be. He doesn't get better. He doesn't get worse. I don't understand that because everything in my world does. It either gets better or it gets worse. My car, you know, I bought it uh, five years, four years ago, had a lot low miles on it. It's, now it's getting got a lot of miles on it because why? I put the miles on it. It's changing. And so now I got to start thinking about things that's going to break down because I didn't think about those things back when I first bought it, but now it's got th- things change, but God does not. He's always, always the same. So today what I want to do is I want to send you home with three thoughts. Three thoughts that you can take to the bank about God not changing. That's the so what of today. And I want to 
Because if, if you say, well, what does that mean for me? What does it mean that God doesn't change? And I want to try to send you home packing with some of those things today. So let's, let's jump into that. Three things you can take to the bank. By the way, take to the bank. You know where that came from? I've looked it up. It came from an old 70s TV series that, that really popularized. There was a guy named Beretta. I don't know if any of you have ever watched Beretta, but he always said, you can take it to the bank. He said, and so that, I don't know if it's got any, it probably had something, but it was a sure thing. It was something that you could count on. It was something that you could say, yes, that's, that's going to happen. And so these are three things that you can take to the bank today. First one is this. His love for you never changes. God's love for you never changes. You say, Jeff, what does that make a difference? It makes a big difference. Because our friends' love for us change. We change our love for friends. You know, how many of you don't have to raise your hands, but had a friend and you were really close with them and you loved each other and all of a sudden you're, you're not close anymore. They're just not even in your life. They're not even around. It's like, what happened? I don't know. But his love for us never changes. People's love does, but his doesn't. Jeremiah puts it this way in Jeremiah 31.3 very famous verse says, I have loved you with an everlasting love, a love that never, ever stops. It's always been, and it always will be. I don't understand that, but I have to trust it. I have to trust that he loves me with an everlasting love. You see, this, this just doesn't compute with us because some of us are, you know, we're, we're, we've been married for a little bit and the man that I married, he's not quite the man I thought he was. And I, I want him to be. And the woman I married, she's not. The, and, and, and my kids, I thought they would be like this. And they're not like that. And, and it just it's so hard because God is never out of character. But people, we are out of character all the time. Nobody ever says, what, what, what's the... Uh, what got into God today? <laughs> What's he doing? You know, although some of you think that, some of you think that God's got his thumb up there and he's, he's doing something on you. He's turning the screws on you a little bit more. What, what's, he, what's he doing to me today? Well, that's not God. God loves you. He loves you perfect. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you when you're not head and he loves you when you aren't. We don't, not so much. Somebody's a knothead in our life. We, we kind of tend to go, oh, I'll get over here for a second. I, that hurt because we're people. But God is not like that. So what? So what, Jeff? So, so he loves me. So what? What's the point? The point is this. You never need to doubt God's love for you. Don't ever let the devil get in between you and him. Because when you start saying, I don't think God even loves me. I lost my job. My health is horrible. This is going on. What, 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 what? Right. What, 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 what? Exactly. We cannot question his love for us, even when, when the storms come, like the girls were singing about today. Even when the storms are raging, even when it's beating down on us, we don't question his love. Some days I, I, I think I don't love anybody, but I know God never has a bad day. He never has a day when he says, I don't like Bob. Not one day, but there's some days some of us might say, I don't like Bob. I, it's few and far between. 
But there's those days that happen where we say, I, I, don't love, I don't love that person. He loves you, and you can take it to the bank, church. Please wrap onto that. Please grasp that today. Please understand that he loves you with an everlasting love. Number two, take this to the bank. His word never changes. His word never, ever changes. And I'm going to spend just a moment on this because I have to. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says this. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God shall stand forever. Just hold that up there, Mindy. You did great. Thanks. His word stands forever. It doesn't change. It doesn't matter. It's always fresh. It's always relevant. It's always up to date. It is not what the world says it is. It is not some, some document that was made that is flawed, that has all these, these, these different things that are wrong with it. No, it is perfect, and it never, ever changes. It's always that way. So here's the point. Please listen. If your opinion doesn't line up with the word, too freaking bad. Because it's just your opinion. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in a Bible study and somebody says, but I believe. doesn't matter what you believe. It matters what the Word of God says. doesn't matter what you believe or what you think or what your opinion or what somebody says or what some pastor says. You better know what the Word of God says. And you better be able to have, not an opinion about it, but you better have a surety that you know what you know what you know. You see this in church all the time. You see, it, it, your opinions are just nice thoughts. They're, they're just good thoughts that, that, that may be right and may not be right. What was a sin 50 years ago is still sin today, even if you feel a little different about it. We've, we've moved the standard, the line, because we can't imagine that the designer would ever send somebody to hell for a specific sin. And you, you call out the sin. In the church today, a lot of it's homosexuality. We're, we're all about you know, coming after homosexuals. And, and I'm not sure that's the main sin that we ought to be coming after when most of us have things in our head that we think and we, we, we do things in our mind. That, and the Bible says those things are the same sin. It's, it's, if it's in here, it's still a sin. And there's not a value to it. See, we know lots of great people who are homosexuals. That, that's one of the problems. Oh, I know great homosexuals. And they, they, they love each other. They love their kids. And, and, and okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. But also, the Bible says that, that we're to not have sex outside of marriage. The Bible says we're not to live with, with someone else before we're married. The Bible, and, and we overlook those, and we overlook people with two, three, four, five divorces, and some, I mean, I'm not dinging any of that. I'm just saying we assign a value to sin, we get in trouble. We get in trouble. When we do that, it's really bad to, to put a value on a sin, because a sin is a sin is a sin. It's a sin to gossip 
just like it is for somebody. And this, this blows our mind, for somebody to kill somebody, for somebody to molest, you, oh, molest somebody. Oh, that's horrible. It's, it's still sin. A sin is a sin is a sin. Matthew 24, 35 says this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. It doesn't go away just because the majority says it should be that way. Just because the majority are living that way. And I'm not here to debate with you about things. I'm just here to tell you today, if the Bible called it a sin 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 2 years ago, it's still a sin today. Still a sin today. Even if it's not popular even if it's not popular. But we got to be very careful that we don't assign values to these things because what we do, we, we, we set up these, these straw men in our mind and we go, oh, this, this is big, this is huge, you can't do this. While all the while, we're over here doing the same thing ourselves, gossiping ourselves, you know, having horrible thoughts about people in our mind ourselves and passing ourselves as good people. I'm a good person. Not without Jesus, you're not. Not without Jesus. God has established rules that run the universe. God has established physical laws, moral laws, and spiritual laws. God has set up these things, and we cannot ignore them any longer because they do not change. If we ignore them, we have chaos. Chaos. Taking Van's favorite sport, football. If you were uh, if you were going to play football and you, you had four different refs, and those four refs they went to four different schools to learn the rules, and they all were different. How would you ever get a football game in? How would you ever do it? You know, well, we we moved the we. The, it's not a hundred yards. It's a hundred and ten today. It's not it's not so wide, and we'll just move it out a little bit. That wasn't out of bounds. We'll just move it over here. See, that's what we've done. We've moved the standard, and that we all under we 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 would say that's ludicrous. Why would you do that? But we've done that in the church, and we've done that in the world. We've taken the standards, and we 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 we've got four different referees refereeing the game of life. And they're all, they're coming against each other. And it's major, major chaos. Major chaos. Satan has put a little bug in the church. And the bug in the church has been this. These people say this. But pastor, that's just your interpretation. Jeff, that's just your interpretation. You, that's just, that's just the way you interpret. Okay, all right. But it still says it in the Bible. It still says these certain things are sin. And we, we, we explain it away and we take it and we go, this is, oh, that person's a great person. Look how they treat their family. But, but, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Sin is a sin and is a sin. You got to have a standard Otherwise, you can, you can come to a point where you can look at your neighbor's car and say, I like that car. I think I'll go take it because I need a good car. And, you know, I, I deserve a good car. I'm a good person. So I want that car. Well, that doesn't work like that, does it? But we're treating so many things in our world today like that. Look at the screen, uh, up at the screen of Matthew 5, 24. It says this. 
Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is lies a wise man who built his house on the rock. And you know that, you know that story about the, the rock and the sand and he built, you know, the wise man built his house. About, you know, it goes on and on. Like, you know that. You know that. Jesus said there are two ways to build a house. You can build it in sand or you can build it in a rock. Some of you are building your, sand, your, your house on the sand. Went to Alabama for vacation back in September. And when we, we get down to our, our little spot where we were, somebody the week prior to us being there had taken, there was this incredible sandcastle out there. Beautiful. Spent hours and hours and hours. And, and it was built pretty bar, far back off the, off the bank. And I thought, what a beautiful thing. And so during our week, though, one, of the, one of the nights it got up a little high and it took half of that castle away. And it just, it just floated out. And here's this beautiful castle right here. And then everything else just went down here like that. See, that, that, that's the way we've done. We, we look good on the outside, but the, the, the sands of time, when we build on, there's no foundation. When there's no standard, it just goes away. I've been reading all these stories about Fort Lauderdale and different homes that got built down there during, during Ian. And when Ian came in, the, 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 uh, the hurricane, there's some houses that are standing that were uh, built right and correct, and they got down into some kind of uh, bedrock and, and things like that. Others, there were some bars and different things that just got blowed away, and they come to find out they had no foundation. They were not built on anything. And that's the way it is in the church, literally. That's why our kids go to college, and they, they, they go away to college, and they come back home going, Mom, Dad, I don't think I'm a Christian anymore. Mom, Christianity is stupid, and I don't know. Because there's not a foundation. Well, I took them to church. Yeah, taking them to church doesn't, do, doesn't make them a Christian. Well, I went to youth group. doesn't make them a Christian. It, doesn't, it, it has to have a foundation. They have to have their own faith. They have to have their own set of standards to say, this is who I am no matter who's around. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You see, if you change your standards for other people, you're, you're willing, to, you're willing to, to change for anybody. And so we have to be very, very careful, church, that we don't build our house on the sand. So what's the so what of this? What's the so what of this having a standard, of building, having a word that, that, should, that we experience? If you want stability in your life, if you want to stand the test of time, build your house on the Word of God. Be sure that the things you're doing and accomplishing and working towards all have a base of, of God's Word underneath of it. If you don't, most likely they will not last. They have to have a standard. Yes, it's okay to own a car, and, it, and the manufacturer says, you know, every 4,000, 5,000 miles, whatever it is, change the oil, change the oil, and you can push it and, and go 50,000 miles without an oil change. And you may do fine, and it may, it may work fine, but somewhere down the road, somebody's going to get a clunker, and that engine's going to go, Pfft, because... Nobody took care of it because it wasn't followed by, by the standards by which it was the manufacturer made it to be. Listen, the manufacturer made you 
to have standards. The manufacturer made you so that you had rules, not, not these not restrictive things, but these things that take you and guide you so today you look more like Jesus than you did yesterday. That's the idea of a rule, not to hold you, not to stop you from drinking, not to stop you from having sex outside of marriage. They, it, the manufacturer made you to have joy. The manufacturer made you to have life. The manufacturer wants you to have an incredible existence while you're here so that you're getting in practice for forever because forever is going to be perfect. Forever is going to have no problems. Forever is going to be incredible. And so the so what is, if you want stability in your life, you build your life on God's unchangeable word. Don't build it on what you think. Because if you think you built your life on what you think, you will sink. You will sink. Especially when the storms come. And you'll look around and you go, what have I got? <laughs> and you know who you're going to blame? You're not going to blame yourself. God, why didn't you take care of me? You said you would take care of me, and you didn't. You built your house on the sand. Don't do that. Lastly, lastly, God's purpose for you will never, ever change. The minute he thought of you, whenever that was back in time, he had a purpose for you, and he had a distinct, he knew everything that was going to happen in your life. He knew every pain. He knew every joy. He knew every hurt. He knew everything that was going to happen to you ahead of time. But his purpose for you will never change. It's the same purpose. God doesn't have a plan B for you. His plan A was perfect. Plan A, you say, but look at me. Look what's going on. I got this. I got that. It was perfect. His plan for you was perfect, even if it doesn't seem like it. No matter what happens to you, no matter what you're going to go through, your purpose from Jesus, from God, is never going to change. Look what Isaiah 14, 24 says. The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned it, so it will be. And as I have purposed it, so it will stand. Either God is a liar or he is not. Whatever he has planned, it will come about. Whatever his purpose for you, it will come out. Jeff, I don't know what my purpose is. Find what it is. All of you have a purpose, and the purpose is to serve the Lord your God with all that you have. And everything that you do, you're looking at the standard and saying, is this where God, does this make me more like Jesus today? That's, that's the standard, no matter what happens. So what's the world coming to, church? What's it coming to? Because that's the idea when we start thinking about this. Because we're thinking about, I'm trying to do what God wants me to do. What, what is our world coming to? You know what it's coming to? It's coming to an end. Our world is coming to a climax. Our world is coming to a head, and the head is going to be that the, the manufacturer is coming back, and he's reclaiming all of his people. All of his people who have said yes. All of his people who have said, I will follow you. He's coming back to get you. He's coming back to get us. It's coming to this planned climax that God has planned for us. And fortunately, 
Those of us in, in Christ, we're on the winning side. We don't have to worry about it. If you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and you've made him the boss of your life, then you don't have to worry about it. There's nothing to worry about. Psalm says this in 3311. His plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. <laughs> do your plans ever change? Yes, they do. All the time. Our plans always are constantly changing. Why do your plans change so much? Number one, they change so much because you have this perspective or foresight. You, you don't know what's going to happen in the, in the future. You don't know what's going to happen ahead. If you, and that, that, that's the first reason. And also, you don't have the power to implement the changes you intended to do. You look at your life and you go, I never thought we'd be here. I never thought I'd be 50 and I'd be broke. I never thought I'd be this and I never thought that. You, you, you've thought that all the time. Your plans have changed because oftentimes we don't have the power to do it. But remember last week we said we've got the power. We've got the power to do what God has called us to do, to change. His plans, his plans for us, though, they don't change. The only time we see God's plans change is one time in the Bible uh, that God changed his mind. It was because it, was, it wasn't God who changed, but it was his people. God, God comes and he tells Nineveh, I'm going to destroy you if you don't repent. And so the people repented, and God didn't destroy the city. He was going to, but he didn't. He didn't. God never changes his will, but he does will a change. And that's what he wants to do in some of you today. He wants to will a change. Some of you are acting and doing things in your life that you are not supposed to do. You know the manufacturer. You know his, his, his call on your life. You know his purpose on your life. And you've still decided to, to take the thing that you have, your body, and to put it in those places where it shouldn't go, it shouldn't be. God is calling some of you today <laughs> to look at those things and to say, God, I'm sorry, and I want to change. I want to change because I know you want me to. So I want you to think about as we get ready to close, we're just about done. I want you to think about a, a, a sin or something in your life, a really big event that, uh, that you regret the most. Just think about that. Just don't think, don't dwell on it too long. Just think of something like that. Get it, get it there. And then I want you to think about this. Do you think that God knew before you ever did that that you were going to do it? Yes. Yes, he did. Since he knew this was going to come up anyway, Here's the cool news. He's woven that into your plan. And it all comes together somehow. I don't understand it. I don't know how it does. But somehow it just all weaves together. My mistakes, my sins, my blunders all get put into that beautiful, beautiful tapestry. That's why we can find the verse in Romans 8 that says this, all things work together for good, for God, those that love God. That's, that's how that verse can become true because his plan for us was always to be victorious. His plan for us was always to be the one, to, to, to be who he called us to be. John 10.10 10 says this. Jesus says, I want you to have a full life, 
I've come that you might have that a full life, not a, not a so-so life, not a life that you just eat by, not a life that you just kind of squeak by. I've come to give you a full life. Listen to me. If you're here today and you hate your life, that's not God's deal. That's yours. Because you're not connecting with God. God wants to connect with you. He has a plan and a purpose for you. He is willing. He is ready. He wants you to give you so much that it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. And the more you give him, the more he shows those purposes, the more he shows those plans. Here's the caution I'll say to you. If you try to fill it with anything else, you try to fill it with girls, you try to fill it with another guy, you try to fill it with, with sports, with TV, with money, with drugs, with sex, with whatever it is, you try to fill it with anything else, it won't work. It won't work. Life will rub you wrong. Life will, will rub you raw because you're going to be in a battle every day and you don't want to be in a battle with God. And some of you are in a battle with God because you will not give up control of your life. And so every day is a struggle for you. You struggle and you struggle and you struggle. And you go, why am I struggling? Because you're still fighting with God. And I'm talking to some Christians here. You're still fighting with God. And God is going to say to you today, isn't it about time you gave up the struggle? Your battle's not with me. The battle is with flesh and blood. It's with flesh and blood, and, and, and that's what's coming after you. That, that's what, what's trying to get you to, to have your mind be off of all these other things, because if, if, if the devil can get you about doing about anything else other than thinking about your purpose and serving God and serving his people, then you know what? He's done his deal. He's done his deal. And if you're sitting there bemoaning what's going on in your life and just, oh, poor me, poor me. And I want you to understand today, God is calling you to a different life this morning. He's calling you to much, much more, a full life, a life that is crazy, crazy awesome. The Bible says in Romans 10, 19, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, some of you need to do that today. Confess with your mouth and then follow it up with your actions. I will follow you. You did that one time, some of you. <laughs> one time you did that. You said, I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll follow you. And then life happened and you're doing this. <laughs> All over the page. All over the page. My question today as we close is, how are you going to respond to those changes that are going to come over the next five years? Do you think that world, our world is going to get better over the next five years? I don't think so. Do you think it's going to get better over the next 20 if God doesn't come back? I don't think so. Our life has changed drastically. Some of you that were, that were alive and cognizant back in the 90s, it, 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 is, it has changed drastically since the 90s, hasn't it? it is, I mean, drastically it's changed. 
What's it going to do in another five years? Are you ready to face those changes? Because if your life is not built on the standard, it will shift and it is sinking sand and it will get carried out with storm after storm after storm that comes after you. So I send you home with these three things today into our ministry time. Band, you can come on up. God will never stop loving you. God will never stop loving you. He's acting in love towards you, and he's reaching out to somebody here today. He is a stabilizer. He is not the the author of confusion. The Bible says, you know who the other guy? It's Satan. He's the author of confusion. God is the author of love. He is the author of peace. He wants to bring all those things to your life. God's word is always right. It is never, ever wrong. And God's purpose for your life is bigger than any problem you're ever going to face. No matter what it is. Psalms 125 says this. You can get the lights dying. Those who trust in the Lord are steady as Mount Zion, unmoved by any circumstances. Those who trust in the Lord are steady as Mount Zion, unmoved by any circumstances. That can be you. Mount Zion was a mountain that... That might be me. I'm going to turn this off. I don't know what it is. The, the, the mountain never moves. It never moves. And it's always there. It's there and you see it. It's this apex mountain. It's a, it's a mountain that does not move. And it is steady. It'll be steady if, if what the Bible says, if you trust in the Lord. That's what I call stability. If you want a life that doesn't go like this, it, it, all of our lives are going to go like this. But He's going to go with you through those dips and those highs and those dips and those highs. Then you call out to him today and say, God, here I am. I need you. So the question, are you here today and are you stressed out because of all the changes you've been going through? All the changes you've seen in the world today. Has it been hectic in your life lately? And I invite you to pray these three things. God, I believe that you love me. God, I accept your gift of Jesus Christ again today in my life. One more time. Because yesterday I think I kicked him out. Last week I kicked him out. Last month I kicked him out. And Father, I commit myself today to obeying and following your word. Let's pray. Jesus is the band leads us in worship for our ministry song. I pray that you will move amongst this group here today, amongst those that are at home in their in their living rooms, wherever they are. I pray, God, that you would meet them and that you would would open some eyes this morning, some eyes of the heart, some eyes of the mind for true discernment to understand that you're knocking at the door 
and you want to go through every circumstance with every person in this room today. Father, if there's one here that's never accepted that, may today be that day where they come and they say, Father, I give you my life. Father, we just give you permission. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand with us. Child of God, I am. 
child of God. I am a child of God. Don't take that for granted. You're a child of God. That's who you are. You're not who others have said about you. You're not what somebody said about you years ago. You're a child of God. Have a seat, if you would, for me today, just for a minute. I want to kind of invite you on a journey. Uh, November, we're going to talk a lot about, uh, about where we're going uh, as a church, being thankful. We're going to have a Thanksgiving service on the, the, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. We're going to have a special breakfast. Uh, we're going to be doing some different things during this month. And so we encourage you to be a part of that. Next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. Really, if you've never been immersed before, we ask you to come and talk to us. We've got a couple that we know that are already going to be coming. If that's you, please come and see us this week or talk to us, myself or Whitney, and uh, let us know those details if you would. Don't forget Dollar Sunday. Let's watch the news. Thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Impact Christian Church. My name is Abby Lucas, and I just have a few announcements about what is going on here at ICC. Tonight there is youth group, so please help us by putting the chairs away after church. The adult bonfire and chili night has been canceled due to weather, so please make sure you mark your calendar for November 6th for the postponed date. Make sure you set your clocks back one hour this upcoming Saturday. Baptism Sunday is next week, so if you are interested in getting baptized, please go see Pastor Jeff or Whitney Worthen. The Mission Strip pizza sales are happening right now, so if you are wanting a church pizza, please find someone that is going on the Jamaica Mission Strip. Well, ICC, that is all the news I have for you. I hope you have a blessed and awesome week, and we'll see you next week. Bye! There's a grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where it used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire Standing next to me there was another in the waters Holding back the seas And should I ever need reminding Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me There is another in the fire Oh, there is another in the fire Two more times Oh there is another in the fire. Oh, let's do the bridge. And I can see the light in the darkness 
as the darkness bows to him and hear the roar in the heavens as the space between wears thin feel the ground shake beneath us as the prison walls cave in nothing stands between us nothing stands between us keep going Last one. 